Hey everybody, welcome back to the Pondo Podcast. It's been a while, but really excited to share this episode with you. I got to sit down and talk with my friend Neil Benson, who's the lead pastor at Coastline Bible in Ventura, California. We talked about what does it look like to be gospel-centered. We talked about this through the lens of family, leadership, but I also wanted to know how does he see this playing out here at Camp Pondo and what we're doing up on the hill and off the hill. So if you like this conversation, we'd love for you to share it, subscribe, like the podcast. Here we go. Hey everybody, welcome to the Pondo Podcast. Uh, super excited today, um, getting to hang out in Ventura, California at Coastline Bible Church with my main man, Neil Benson. Neil, say hey to everybody. Oh dude, thanks for being here. I love Ventura. It's good having you here. If you could see me, I'm doing a shaka right now yeah, for you. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> uh, Neil, tell us about where we're at, why we're here, and your relationship with Camp Pondo. Yeah. So we're in the worship center at Coastline Bible Church. Coastline started in Ventura in 1922. I actually first met people from Coastline while at camp. Uh, Coastline saw me when I was at uh, Pondo one time speaking. Our church just celebrated 100 years. My family has been at this church for the last six years. We've uh, just really had an opportunity to be a part of God relaunching this church, making it a viable part in this community again. Mm -hmm. And my relationship with Pondo, I was actually thinking about this the other day. I think it was winter 2010 was my first winter with Pondo, wow. uh, getting an opportunity to speak there. My church in Vegas had actually sent students to Pondo before I came on staff. So I feel like I just have this great relationship with Pondo. And my daughters go there now. So I'm at a just like interesting part where I was even having coffee with my daughter on Monday before school and she's wearing her Camp Pondo sweatshirt. Yeah, She loves this place. Man. Well, we love the Benson family. Um, our team has been coming to Pondo for, man, we've been out here seven years now. When I say my team, I'm just saying like what was the Summerhill team and is now a big part of the, the Pondo staff. Um, just celebrated like, yeah, like seven years. Wow. And we've been at Pondo for five of that. And you have been there um, loud and proud, you know, like with your Volcom sponsorship yes. for the whole, <laughs> the whole time. Come on, Volcom. Let's go, Volcom. Um, but man, you've been such a mentor in my life. And um, we've got to spend some really quality time together, both um, out in the mountains and in Yosemite. Yes. And um, he's trying to rope me into like an overnight fishing trip. And Let's I'm go. terrified <laughs> of the ocean. So we'll see how that goes. But really excited to talk to you today, Neil, because uh, we are gearing up. Um, I guess actually when this releases, we will be in the, the midst of our um, year-end campaign. And one of the things that we're talking about in this campaign are some of the values of Camp Pondo. One of those being gospel-centered. Um, I think for us to be anything outside of gospel-centered um, will make us a fun and like crazy place to come as a kid. But we also have transformation as a part of our yeah. um, core values. Um, and I think, you know, you have crazy fun and you have transformation on kind of either sides of the, of the, uh, let's just call it like the desired outcome. But it's like, I don't know that you get those two things 
together to see like lasting mm. transformation. And so we feel like for yeah. us to actually see um, transformation come from a crazy fun week of camp is it has to be gospel centered. Yeah. Um, and so I just want to talk a little bit today about like, what does that mean for you? Um, you're the pastor here at Coastline. I, I would imagine you have similar uh, core values, not only for your church, but for yourself and for your family um, as a dad, as a husband, all those things. So let's talk a little bit about that. Like what, when I say gospel centered, tell me about like what that means to you, um, how you're pursuing that in your own life. Um, and also as the pastor of a church. Yeah. So I'll, I'll start out with my own life. Like one of the things that I do, and I, I never want this to sound like checklist Christianity, because I think you can get to a place in life where it's like, if I read my Bible, pray, give, serve, and all this, then I'm good. Like, and I think those spiritual disciplines are great, but it has to be rooted in the gospel. It has to be rooted in the grace of Jesus. And so like one of the things that I love to do is I love to wake up every morning and spend time in God's word first, because I realize for my own life that the further I drift away from God's word, the further I drift away from truth. Mm -hmm. And I feel like God's word has been a magnet in my life that centers me and keeps me focused. Uh, like, I love like the first Psalm where it talks about the righteous person is rooted, right? Mm. They're near that river of life. They bear fruit. Mm. And I think, you know, the gospel changes everything. We, we say a line here at Coastline a lot. We say that the gospel is for everyone. And what that means is the gospel is for everyone. And if I could translate a little bit of that from my life to Camp Pondo, one of the things that I love about Camp Pondo is the gospel is for everyone. Mm. I feel like when, uh, when a student goes to Camp Pondo, it's a safe place for them to learn about the truth of God. Mm. And th this is interesting because when I first started like my relationship with Pondo, my daughters were under two. Uh, I, I remember like the first summer I brought my daughters to camp, I think Sophie was three and Leah was two. Wow. And, you know, Sophie's 15 now, Leah's 13. But I just remember that like, hey, this is a safe place for students to learn about God. This is a place where a student can come and they hear the truth of Jesus. They know that they're going to get that, that reality because I have teenagers in my home who are getting a message that like all the time that is not gospel centered, yeah. that's not Christ focused. Mm. And I think one of the things that I love is if a kid's going to winter camp, they're going to get 48 hours away from their normal routine and rhythm where they're going to get to have fun. They're going to get a laugh. They could zip line. They could go sledding, but they're going to get the truth of Jesus. Mm. And if a student goes for summer camp and they're going to be on a rec team and I mean, don't get me wrong. I love the belly fob. It's one of yeah. my favorite things. Like yeah. I love it. But I love to walking around camp at around 1030 after students have been worshiping Jesus and they're sitting with their Bible open mm. and they're learning the truth about who they are. Yeah. And I think that's what the gospel does is the gospel opens our eyes to how God created us, who he created us to be. Mm. And Pondo is a place that helps us live that out when we go back home. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I love that, man. And if to ask obviously moms and dads and churches to to send money you know to an organization that's you know going to uh um 
I'll say babysit their kid for a week. <laughs> um, you know, and then at, to ask these students to come take a week out of their summer, potentially like a, you know, a weekend where they like, they just finished up the week of school and now you're going to like throw me in a van, take me up to the mountains and like freeze my butt off for like 48 <laughs> hours, you know? Um, it's like, yes, we, we aim to create these like really unique and really special moments. Yeah. Um, but I, I've, I've been to some events. I mean, I grew up in the South and like events were just like youth events were a thing. I mean, it felt like every other weekend we were going to some youth event. Um, and, uh, and I'm super thankful for those days, but I just remember getting like all of these different messages and a lot of these different talks and a lot of these different, um, you know, almost like one liners that I'm supposed to like put on a t-shirt and like, you know, or put on a bracelet and <laughs> yep. just go like change my, my city and my school. Um, and, and to be real, I, I, th I think in some way I, I tried to do that as a teenager. And then I remember going to college and being like, wait, that was just some stuff that I did. This doesn't really have like any roots in my life. Yeah, um, yeah there's no substance. No substance, exactly. And so um, especially with like what you just mentioned is kids are getting um, – hundreds and maybe even thousands of different messages on a daily basis, not just through their phones, but with their peers and their parents. And, um, you know, like I'm, I'm a dad now. And like, I, you know, I remember thinking like, Oh my gosh, my mom, you're so lame, you know? And it's like, and, and now I'm thinking like, dude, I am, I am so jacked up and God, you're letting me like raise a baby. Like what's, what's the deal. Yeah. Um, and so even, even, uh, my, my daughter's seven months, so she really doesn't listen to much of what I say, you know, um, unless I'm holding a toy or something, but, it doesn't but change. We're, yeah, <laughs> but we're sending, we're, we're, we're just sending all these messages and hearing all these yeah. messages. And so when you made that comment about how, like when I, when I, um, start to drift from the word, I start to drift from truth. How, how do you, as a pastor, how do you, how do you as a camp speaker, yeah. um, try to communicate the gospel in a way that, um, I don't know, like invites people into something with substance and invites people into something, um, that is, that is going to be transformative and not just like a, an emotional response or, yeah. um, or like kind of like a, well, I, you know, I went, I bought the t-shirt I'm good. Yeah, I got the bumper sticker. I got the bumper sticker, exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, how do, how do you see that playing out and you're communicating and yeah. your opportunities to go and partner with different ministries? Yeah. Yeah, the, you know, the interesting thing about my life, Cody, is I never thought I would be doing this. It's like if you would ask me when I was 17 what my dream in life was, it would have been to snowboard and grow weed to fund that. And now you can like do that legally, but when I was yeah. 17, yeah. that was very illegal. Yeah. And, you know, so when God grabbed my heart, I remember sitting in a jail cell and a lot of students have heard me share this story. Mm -hmm. And I just said, God, if you get me out of here, I'll do whatever you want. Now, never did I think that meant sitting in a church right now, yeah. you know, and you going like, hey, Neil, you're the lead pastor, which, yep. you know, sometimes I forget. Yep. Um, and so I'm so grateful that what God does is he takes our broken story. And I think for those who are willing to share their broken story, God will use that. Hmm. So like if you were to go look at like John 12, Jesus gives this kind of one of his like last like public talks. Hmm. He's in the temple court and he says, unless a, seed's di unless a seed dies, it's not going to bear any fruit. Hmm. 
And so what has to happen in our life is, is we have to die to self. And that's really what being a parent is. Yeah. You know, being a parent is <laughs> yeah. saying, hey, man, I want to buy this brand new snowboard, but yep. my kid needs new shoes. Yep. You know, being a parent is like, I want to go buy this brand new backpack. I want to go buy this brand new fishing pole, yep. but I need to get my kid clothes or I need to get my kid food. Yeah. And so parents, any parents who are listening to this, uh, people, you know, with kids, whatever that is, you know, youth pastors with kids, lead pastors, wherever you're at, like there's an aspect of our life where we give up a part of us so that we can see others live for the glory of God. Mm -hmm. And being a lead pastor and getting the opportunity to speak at camp, I love. Like, I just have to say how grateful I am to my church because what you may or may not know is our church actually prays for Pondo. Our church actually supports Pondo financially. Like, our church is all about reaching the next generation. And one of our core values here is that we are multi-generational. And we believe the church was always meant to be multi-generational. But here at Coastline, we've decided to put a high emphasis on reaching kids, students, and young families. And so it's almost like a no-brainer to us that, like, we're going to go out and be intentional to help kids find the love of Mm -hmm. God because we realize that there's a 17-year-old somewhere who was like Neil Benson that had sat in a church before that heard the truth of God but wasn't living for the truth and didn't have anyone who was helping me be grounded into truth. Yeah. And so I'm so grateful for the people who've come alongside my life. Mm. And one of the, maybe one of the words of encouragement that I get a lot from, from conversations that I have with students, whether it's at a meal time or whether it's just during some downtime, hanging out with students uh, while, while I'm at Pondo is they really appreciate like my transparency yeah. or my authenticity. I don't try to hide my broken story. Yeah. And, and I think that helps students go like, Oh wow. I'm not as screwed up as you. <laughs> like, and, and I think that just gives them some hope for yeah. living towards the future. Yeah. Yeah. So good. Um, and, and I, I could be wrong, man, but I just feel like when I sit down and read, um, about the life and the words of Jesus, he's constantly inviting people, no matter how broken or jacked yeah. up they are, into just a like a new way of life, like a, yeah. like a like a, a a better life. And and in that life, um, like my one of my personal favorite stories is the story of Zacchaeus. You know, yeah. and and Jesus doesn't ask Zacchaeus to come anywhere else than his own like mess. Yeah. And Jesus says, I'm coming to your house. Like we're going back to your, you don't have time to clean up. You ain't got time to do nothing. Like, you know, like wine bottles out of the table, you know, like, you know, I think what was always in my mind as a kid is like, this dude just got like, uh, uh, like, gold coins stacked up, you know, like around his bed. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like the, like what's Scrooge the, McDuck. Yeah, the, yeah. The Scrooge McDuck. He's like diving yeah. into a pool of gold coins. Um, <laughs> you know, that it. was always the picture. It was in my head as a kid. But man, like I just, I think about that moment all the time. Mm-hmm. It's like what Jesus was kind of subjecting himself to is like, one, people were just running their mouths. Yeah. Um, I think even now as an adult, like what, what that could have meant for Zacchaeus to try to like put on a front and like, you know, you know, he didn't have time to physically clean up his house, but maybe he could like, yeah. you know, he could put on a mask and like, um, oh, oh, you know, I'm better than I, what, you know, whatever. Um, yeah, he postures him. He could have postured himself. He could have postured himself. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But Jesus, man, 
I mean, it says that that uh, is it the line salvation has come to this house. To this house, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love to, and you know this, and and those who are listening, if you were at uh, Pondo, was it just this summer that we taught on that passage? Mm-hmm. It, it was, and I had actually studied that passage because we'd preached it here at Coastline maybe six months before I got like where we were where we were directionally going. And I do just want to iterate something too. I just love how biblically centered Pondo is. Mm. That it's like, hey man, we preach the Bible. Mm. Like I'm so grateful for that because it's the Bible that transformed my life. Yeah. Uh, so there's my advertisement for the Bible. <laughs> but you know what I love about that story is Jesus. If you actually go read it, Jesus was going to Jerusalem Mm. and he changed his plan for Zacchaeus. Mm. And like so often, you know, we live in this culture where people are so beat up and they're so hurt and, uh, you know, psychologically we're broken and we all have trauma. And, you know, I hear this all the time is like, well, I'm not worthy of the gospel Mm. or like Jesus doesn't want me. And people feel like they've been discarded. They've Mm. been hurt. They've been abused. And what we miss out in the gospel is Jesus leaves his plan to go help people who are far from God take one step closer. Yeah. 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 <laughs> like it's, I, as soon as you said that, I'm thinking like John four, lady at the well, lady at the well, like, he, mm-hmm. you know, but I love, I love the that. blind man in John five. Yeah, all, like, all these moments where it's like, yep. none of this, like going to sit at a well at the middle of a hot day. Yeah. None of that was, was uh, ideal. You know, yeah. it wasn't beneficial for just Jesus as a person, but you see, um, yeah, you see his purpose, like being like lived out in those moments of like, I'm, I'm here, I'm here to invite people into this, um, this abundant life, you know, that's, that's been the thing for me lately, man, is like coming into fatherhood. Mm -hmm. Um, Alicia and I were just talking about this other night is like, um, she asked me, do you feel like that we've been more productive with our days than ever before since becoming parents. And we were both like, yeah, because there's like, there's more that we want to do. Like I, like I want to get home and hang out with Henley. I want to get home and like hang out with the girls and like, you know, and have these, have these moments together. It's not like we didn't want that when it was just us two, but like, um, but we knew like we had time with each other, you know? Um, And so it's different now. And so, it's cool to see those moments with Jesus where he's like, dude, I just want to hang out with my people. Yeah. Like I just, and not just hang out with them, but I want to see their lives change so we can keep hanging out. Yeah. Like that's, that's awesome. And I, so here's something that just popped in my head is, and it's something I really appreciate about you, um, is you do have a very inspiring story, um, from brokenness to, to purpose. Um, and, um, you know, I want to come up with all these like little sweet taglines for you, but like, but legitimately, like, I think that's the easiest way for me having known you for these years is like, um, your life was wild and it was broken and you were a young man looking for, looking for a way. Um, and God provided that way. And now here you are faithful, sober, um, like fully dependent upon the Lord. And, um, and I, you know, and it impacts my life. But I think here's here's the the struggle for um, other people who may have the opportunities that you have is that sometimes it's really easy for like our story to become yeah. what feels like the gospel. Like anytime that you go teach and you share that story, um, what has that been like for you? I mean, for years and years and years of sharing the story, yeah. specifically to students. Yeah. Um, they're coming up to you going, oh, wow, dude, like crazy story. Like, <laughs> tell, so, me yeah, tell me more. <laughs> yeah. um, to where we're not worshiping the 
the the past and you know the the craziness um have you had any experiences with that like what's what's that been like for you yeah yeah i I, I think two things come to mind immediately the first one this is just for a little shock value i was teaching in san quentin one day and that just sounds fun to say you know that i was teaching in san quentin and i remember i was talking with one of the inmates and he said we're not here to try to tell whose story is worse we're here to talk about the grace of god and so i got to go into san quentin and help a professor teach a preaching class to inmates who are transforming their life. Wow. And I, I mean, it's crazy. I remember I was actually talking to one of our staff members at the church and I was like, this is crazy. I can't believe they're going to let me into San Quentin. And she said, don't worry about getting in. Be worried about getting out. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. oh yeah. Yeah, true. Yeah, that's true. And, you know, one of the things that I've really intentionally tried to do in my, in my teaching and my sharing is never paint myself as the hero. Hmm. And one thing that I want to do is constantly paint paint Jesus as the hero. Even as we're talking, like I always get a little uncomfortable talking about myself. Like Mm. I would rather talk about like what our staff has done. I would rather talk Mm. about like, you know, what Dan and Becky have done or what you have done. I'd rather Mm. highlight the youth pastor, you know, the youth pastor who, because I've been in his shoes. Like I've been in the shoes of the youth pastor who's raised hundreds to thousands of dollars and who's like been on his knees or her knees and she's praying for students to come to camp. And I've been in the, I've been in the cabin at 2 a.m. where you're counseling the student and, and his parents are going through the divorce. Mm. Like, um, like I want to highlight those as the hero uh, because it's the gospel that transforms our life, and it's Jesus working in and through those people. And I think if we can keep a sober perspective on our life, and you know, even to circle back to Scripture, like if we could remember that that Jesus is the author and perfecter of our life, and if we can remember that He's the one who who gave us this life, it's He's the one who's given us these positions of influence, mm. and. You know, we really do have this beautiful opportunity. Um, I feel like so many times uh, when I'm teaching, especially at a camp, I, I'm just reminded that there's a student here who could be in the same situation that I was. Yeah. And if we could give them hope that will point them to Jesus, it will save them from what I went through. Mm. I mean, it was crazy as as a 19-year-old, I was charged with two felonies. And at that time in California, California had a three strikes law. And I was charged with two felonies. And so at 19, if I would have got convicted of those two felonies, which I didn't, I got them both dropped. But if I would have been convicted of those two felonies and the life that I was living, if I would have got a third felony, I could be in prison for life. Wow. And so I have to constantly come back to the sobering reminder of the grace and love of Jesus that literally, as scripture says, pulled me out of the miry clay where I was stuck in my sin. Mm. Hmm. I don't even know if I answered your question there, but. Oh, I I think you did. Okay. I I was was sitting here thinking like, I was like, why did, yeah, what what was the question? But but no, but. Yeah, it's it's constantly pointing. Yeah. And and then you just triggered something. Um, I've been, I've been listening to this, this book, um, and he uh, Bonhoeffer makes this comment about cheap grace, oh yeah, and how like our I mean, and this was written what, in the forties, yeah. uh, you know. Mm-hmm. And Bonhoeffer has a fantastic story. Side oh oh yeah, unreal, yeah. unreal. And I think somebody just actually dropped a book recently, like a I, I, like I a refresh biography, oh, be, yeah, um, on Bonhoeffer. So I'd go check that out. Um, so this dude is like legitimately 
I mean, he is like up against Hitler. Like yeah. it was a, if it was a video game, it's like somebody has picked Bonhoeffer and somebody has picked Hitler, yeah. and they, these guys are duking it out. You know, it's crazy. But um, he has this whole section in this book on the cost of discipleship, talking about cheap grace mm-hmm. um, and how we have allowed grace and the concept of grace to justify some really just lazy behavior yeah. as followers of Jesus. Um, and, and I love that you just mentioned grace in that way, because I know in, in watching your life and paying attention to your life that um, we are all uh, recipients of, mm-hmm. of God's grace, but some of us respond to it differently. Yeah. And, and so I'm, I'm very grateful that you have responded um, uh, to God's grace with obedience and with faithfulness. Um, and I, and I think that's one thing for students that we're um, always talking about of like, h- how do we be less um, come and see? And I think yeah. in some way, like we kind of have to be as a camp because we only get these students for like, you know, less than five days at most. Yeah. Um, and then it's wash, rinse, repeat for, you know, nine weeks at a time. <laughs> and so, so um and and create these moments or experiences or conversations or games and activities yeah. that can help these see, these students see that that God has given everything for them and wants everything for them but in him is the only way to find that yeah. in and through him and so um and I think I I think ex- Especially nothing against the South, and not, I mean, we're sitting in a church with with pews. Like, I yeah. I feel like I'm home, man. This feels like this feels like uh, shared in Arkansas to me. Yeah, um, yeah we got wood ceiling, we got stained exactly, glass and, and and God is is still moving in this church and in this city, yeah. and I'm so grateful. Um, but this is actually kind of triggering for me to think about um, growing in a up in a church where you know we would sing a lot of hymns about heaven, and we'd sing yeah. a lot of hymns about God's grace, but. Um, you know, a big part of, of, of my story is like being surrounded by people. I'm like, but it doesn't seem to cost you anything. Like it doesn't yeah. seem to like change the way you live at all. And, um, and I think maybe just because of my like home life and my story is I, I don't do well with fake. I don't do well with yeah. like fabricated. Yeah, me neither. Um, like I, am very experience oriented. Both of us, I think are very totally, experience oriented. Yeah. Yeah. Like we like to let's go, go do, let's go, exactly. Yeah. Let's go get yeah. dirty. Let's go jump in some wicked cold water <laughs> in the Yosemite, you know? Well, let's um, do that again. Yeah. Um, and so, so it, if I'm being honest, sometimes working at a camp is kind of scary because we we ride a lot on experience yeah. and sometimes you mix experience with like teenage emotions and um, gifted communicators and powerful stories and and there's this almost like you know chemical emotional spiritual reaction wow. that starts to happen and sometimes if I'm being honest I get really scared that like this is just um, this is almost like a um, uh, like we're manipulating emotions or this mm-hmm. is fabricated for these students. But then I hear stories months later about these students. Like, like we, we had a story and I, I think actually Ryan are, and I are going to talk about this in another, another episode of a group of students going back home to their church um, after being at Pondo for a summer and radically changing the worship culture of their church, like going down in front on a Sunday morning wow. just to celebrate with joy yeah. in this time of, of musical worship. And so um, yeah, I, I, 
Yeah, can I, can I speak into yeah, that a please, little? Go yeah, please, go for it, man. Well, like one of the first things that comes to mind as we're talking and what you're saying is uh, C.S. Lewis has a great quote, and he says, good and evil both increase at compound interest. Hmm. That is why the little decisions that you and I make today are of such infinite importance. Hmm. And so like the parenting decisions that you make today are of infinite importance. And yeah. in, in, in we call her baby Henley at our house, uh, in baby Henley's life. Yeah. And the decisions that I made in parenting with my daughters, you know, over a decade ago, where on Saturday morning, it actually started Friday morning with Sophie. I had Fridays off and I would take Sophie to Krispy Kreme. Um, one, because you could get a free donut. Mm-hmm. And two, then then Charity and Leah could take a nap in the morning. But that time that I've spent with my kids has radically transformed the investment that I've made with them. Mm-hmm. So much so that when my daughters were respectively 12 and 13, I took them on individual trips to hike Half Dome and to get time with them. And so I kind of translate that and what we're talking about and what C.S. Lewis says to what happens at Camp Pondo. Mm. And and I get, um, I don't know if you use the word worried or like, I do, I do get a little like, oh, I want to make sure we're not manipulating students. Like I never want to make sure it's just like this emotional response. And I think that's why what Camp Pondo does is so infinitely important because we're planting the truth and the seed and the love of the gospel in students' life. Mm. And what I love is Camp Pondo is using crazy, wild, fun games. Mm. I remember I was at camp one time and there was a group of students, I think they were from Compton, and they were like, we've never seen snow before. Like, I remember I was there for a summer one time and there was a group of students. They said, we've never seen trees like this. Yeah. And so what people mm. don't realize, and you didn't ask me to say this, but what people don't realize is that when they give to Camp Pondo, whether it's through their local church, being a part of the Red Chair Club, whether it's sending a kid to camp, uh, you know, there there is. There's a little old lady who's writing $50 checks, $100 checks mm. to sponsor kids to go to camp yep. who have never seen a tree before. And what God is doing is if you go read, if you go read Psalm eight, I think it's verse four, it talks about how the heavens declare his glory. And so students are being put in this environment where, where Jesus is radically changing their life. Mm -hmm. And and I love this story, not to steal your thunder for an upcoming podcast. So just keep listening. Um, But like that students are going back and transforming the culture because for those of us who have been following Jesus for decades, we need to see fresh examples of faith time and time and time again. Yeah. Yeah. So good. Yeah. We had a a staffer that came and worked with us this summer. And uh, when I first started talking to him about the opportunity, um, I mean, this, this kid is like a, I mean, he's, he's fresh like on, on the, um, the faith train um, within it. the last few years and, um, just riddled with anxiety, mm-hmm. like really struggling. Yeah. And man, within the first, like, I don't know, like few weeks leading up to camp, um, this guy started making some life decisions. Like I, I think ended a relationship, wow. um, like changed some habits, um, and like really kind of like geared himself up for the commitment that he was about to step into. And what's been so cool is actually, was talking with some people from the, the church that he was a part of. And they said that like the, the guy that went up that mountain was not the same wow. guy that came back. Yeah. Um, 
and there's a part of me, like, as, you know, his boss, I'm like, oh, yeah, dude, well, Cody, you crushed well, it, yeah, man. Like, you, like, yeah, like, oh, man, you led so well. <laughs> Sit up straight. Um, yeah. Um, and, of course, I want to be grateful for the opportunity to invest in his life a little bit. But, like, what, like, how amazing that, that God allows us to come be a part of, you know, yeah. like, that he He sent Jesus um, and, and, and this, this, um, this debt, this space between us has now been reconciled and, and, and we're redeemed. And, and that'd be so cool if that was it. But it, now, like, we get to be a part of that for other people. And God wants to use us in our, in our continued mess, yeah. um, I think, is so cool. And so, um, you know, I, I was never sitting in a, in a jail cell or anything like that. But I think about 20-year-old Cody, yeah. like, getting the opportunity to go and, like, work at a camp. Like, that could have changed everything for me. Like... Um, and yeah. so I, I, I'm, I, I, I take what I do very serious because there's like, you know, like when you talk about, there could be a 17 year old dude. I think about when I hired some of these guys, oh, yeah. um, now I definitely would hire 20 year old Cody, <laughs> <laughs> like absolutely not. Um, like I would laugh if that application came in, but, um, but I talked to some of these guys and some of the things they're wrestling through and some of the things that, that, that they're trying to submit over to the Lord at, you know, 19, 20, 21, um, and yeah, there could be somebody on the verge of giving themselves over to some of the stuff that I did um, at that age. And if we can create a space for them to encounter Jesus, um, and I, I think about our staffers, man, they, they hear, if I do the quick math, um, they, they sit in roughly 65 to 70 chapel sessions over the course of a summer, yeah. getting to hear the gospel by nine different speakers, um, listening to me talk way too much. Um, I'll listen to you talk. But yeah, but man, I just I just think about how radical that is, not only for our students, but also our young adults and our staff. Yeah. Um, and then we haven't talked about this, but like also I think about some of these youth leaders and these youth pastors that, I mean, week after week after week are pumping out content, showing up for students, you know, uh, spending hundreds of dollars on pizza, um, you know, to, to show up and like love on students only to get, you know, just kind of like dumped on the rest of the, you know, the rest yeah. of the week. How was camp? Good. Yeah. Good. Awesome. Cool. Um, and I think about how awesome of an opportunity it is that we get to be gospel centered for those leaders as yeah. well and to pour into them and love on them and remind them of the calling and the opportunities that we have. And, um, I think about Paul's writing a lot, you know, like you listen, you like, li like really, listen to the like the tone that he's speaking with to these people and so much I feel like of his complicated writing sometime is just trying to call these people back you know yeah. like like don't forget the truth you know that we that we like introduced you to um kind of idea so um all right so let's yeah, talk about this for a minute all these churches can I can I just yeah, add please, one quick thing to that because like yeah, yeah, yeah. one of the things like when I get to talk with young people I, I I'll tell leaders all the time uh, like your staff, leaders who are at camp, like one of the things I wish I would have done in my 20s is taken a summer off and worked at a camp. Yeah. Like I, yeah. I just wish if I could go back, that's one of the things I mm. wish I could have done different. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and it's and my, my story is different because I we started Summer Hill when I was 19 years old. And um, so the camp that I grew up going to from eight years old all the way till 18, the very next summer I got the opportunity to go lead worship wow. with like, like these new friends of mine, um, 
one of which I still serve with at Camp Pondo. Yeah. The other is my brother-in-law now, Dang. and he lives at Camp Pondo. Um, Let's go. And, uh, and so, yeah, super grateful to, to, for those relationships. But I didn't get it um, because I was I got an opportunity to step on a stage, and it very quickly became about me and, like, what I could do. Um, and there's nothing wrong with people who want to like come and play music at Pondo. We actually get to do that with the Pondo worship movement and utilize this house band as a, as a worship development, musical development program. And I'm so grateful for that. Um, but all of those people that serve musically have to work. Um, and the, the, they're sweeping floors, they're sweeping floors. And, and what I tell them is like, first and foremost, the, the, the job, um, the, the opportunity to work at Pondo and be a part of the rec team or the food service team, whatever, that's priority number one. The, what happens on the stage, hopefully, is just an overflow of what you're doing in your private time um, and, and the, the way you steward that job. So anyways, all that to say is I think about that all the time is had I, had I may have been like, hey, I'm actually going to like hold off on like playing drums this summer. I just want to go like work and serve. Yeah. Um, there's something so powerful about that um, that I think we see in Jesus's life of just working with your hands, showing up, like doing the dirty work, um, hanging out with people, living with people that you don't love being around, you know, having to like, I mean, for some of these young adults, man, like watching them for 10 weeks, learn how to be a roommate, learn how to like fold their laundry, even like learn how to do laundry. (laughs) Exactly. Um, and, and just kind of get a little taste of what biblical community really looks like. Um, and, uh, that's a whole other, whole other conversation, but. Well, and we could have a whole nother talk on anxiety in young adults, like this young man who you're talking about. And what happens is you go to a location like Camp Pondo and you realize after a couple weeks, I'm loved for who I am. Yeah. And I think that's what Mm. students feel in my, in my interpretation or impression, I think when students walk onto the property at Camp Pondo, they go, this is a place where God dwells. I'm mm. accepted here for who I am. Mm. God loves me just for who I am, but he loves me too much to let me stay this way. Yeah. He yeah. wants me to be sanctified. Yeah. And that's a theological word you can mm. look up. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's so rad that we get to partner with people like you because I think about um, – you know, speakers like you and Damian Easter and, you know, Chase, our buddy, like you guys show up and you're given this opportunity to like speak and and step on a stage in front of these people. But at the same time I look out and you're playing nine square in the air, (laughs) you know, like like you mentioned belly flop. I can't, I can't, of all the times that I show up to, uh, the belly flop competition on morning rack and you're sitting on the side of the pool, just like standing up clapping, (laughs) you know, like just cheering on the madness. I love it so much, but, um, uh, it's yeah it's the best job in the world so um super well, grateful that there there was one summer i was at i was at pondo and this was when ultimate frisbee was huge okay and every afternoon like in that kind of free time from like three to five or whatever i was playing ultimate frisbee with this group of students and it was on the last night and i had just made a comment from stage like oh there's my friends who i've been playing ultimate with <laughs> and they came up to me later and they're like we didn't even realize you were the speaker oh that's and so cool cuz i was wearing a tank top i yep. had my hat on backwards yep. and like for me i just want to be where students are and i really believe that you have to earn the right to be heard totally like i think of what you said like 
Um, I never desired to do this. I, the, the one class I actually dropped out of in college was public speaking because <laughs> it just it makes me so scared. Yeah. And I really see how the Lord, that's a spiritual gift that, yeah. that the Lord has given mm, to me. Yeah, absolutely. So, so as we kind of land the plane here, full circle, coming back to this, this idea of being gospel centered, um, maybe just a, a, a thought or two on us as followers, followers of Jesus. And you can full, full, put on the pastor hat here and like go to town. Um, yeah. but how, how do we, um, cause this is probably going to come come out around like, you know, new year, you know, Christmas time, things like that as we're, we're yeah. all like trying to find ways to be better versions of ourselves in, you know, 2024. Um, uh, and salad will not be one of them for me. I just have to deal with that. You oh, know, I love like, the salad bar. It's like one of my. F- <laughs> I try so hard, man. Oh, I just, it's so good. I just, I've never been so bored eating something. But yeah, um, it is colorful, though. I guess I'll give it that. It's an but investment in the future. It is. It is. <laughs> I know. I got to do it. So, um, but how, how do we, as as followers of Jesus, or or, or maybe somebody's listening, and you're like, nah, I don't. I just stumbled on this. I'm not a follower of Jesus. Yeah. Um, I say gospel centered. How, how do we how do we go about pursuing that in just our own lives? Um, we've talked about it from a camp standpoint, a church standpoint, things like that. Yeah. Um, but but for us um, who are trying to invest in the next generation um, and love on our kids and love on these students, man, like what like what do we need to do more of, or maybe even do less of? Yeah, um, yeah, that's a good question. I, you know, I love like the question about being gospel centered. And I think what we have to define is like, do we know the gospel? Mm. And so like, if we're going to be focused on that, if that's going to be the center of who we are and how we live, you know, especially if this is coming out towards the end of the year, like people are already trying to think, what are my, what are, what are these things I'm going to do? What Mm. am I going to change in my life? And, you know, as a pastor, I love to invite people to read God's word. And what I find that happens a lot with people, and especially I see this in students' lives, and it's probably happened to everyone who's listening to this, if you've ever picked up the Bible, is you read Genesis and you're like, this is great, this flood and this guy named Abraham and Joseph, and then you get this guy named Moses and the Red Sea's parting and God's, you know, putting, you know, manna on the ground. And then people get to Leviticus and they're like, what did you do to that sheep and those pigeons? Yeah. And and I think then what happens is that's when people put their Bible down. Yeah. And so if you're thinking about living a gospel-centered life, you need to know what the gospel is and the gospel needs to be in your life. Hmm. And so what I encourage people to do is you could start out by reading a proverb a day. Mm. And so if you hear this and this is January 1st, read Proverbs 1. Mm. If you hear this and this is January 22nd, read Proverbs 22. Mm. And then just whatever the next day is, read it. And and so if you miss a day, you don't have to worry about going back. It's not like I'm going to read to catch up. Just keep on that path. Mm. Uh, another thing that you can do is start in the Gospel of John. Just learn about Jesus. You might yeah. be listening to this as a non-believer. You might be a new believer. You, someone you just went to Camp Pondo. You're finding this podcast, and you're like, "What? What is this like <laughs> life that I'm living?" And so just start reading a chapter of John a day. And then what I would encourage you to do is find someone to talk about it with. Um, what I'm starting to learn more in my life, and this probably is a change that's been happening in me over the last decade, is I, I'm leaning more into these like monastic or spiritual practices. Mm. And all that means is I'm trying to get more into spiritual formation. 
and I'm trying to form my life. And so I even have a reminder on my phone every day at 110, and it tells me to remain. Hmm. And that comes from John 15, which is a Bible passage Mm -hmm. that you and I read every meal when we backpacked through Yosemite. And Jesus just talks about remaining in me. And so I'm trying to read the entirety of God's word every year, but I'm also trying to take certain portions of God's word and let them infiltrate into my life. Mm. So I want people to see me and I want them to go, that guy looks and smells a little bit like Jesus. Let's get to know him. Yeah. And, and I would just even make this offer if anyone's listening to this and they're curious about spiritual habits or spiritual formation, like call me, text mm. me, reach out to me. You can find me. I'm not hard <laughs> to find. Like send me a message on, on social media. I will respond to you. And I would just love to help you figure out what is that next step in my life. Mm. And, and I say that because there's so many people who did that for me. Yep. Yep. Appreciate you, Neil. Yeah. Thanks. Well, man. So thankful for Coastline. Um, yeah, the last time I was in this room, we were um, getting ready to um, create some unique space for some kids to yeah. encounter Jesus. I and love so, that. yeah, excited to do it again. But uh, yeah, thankful for you, brother, and our friendship, and you man, too. all that you do for for camp. And so, um, like you said, hit hit Neil up. He's he's uh, been nothing but supportive and Christ-centered in my life. And uh, um, yeah, I'm sure that he could. Uh, bring some some wisdom in yours so but appreciate you guys listening um thankful for all of you that support camp pondo thankful for all of you that attend camp pondo um we're just excited about the future of providing a unique space for kids to encounter jesus and um, look forward to, to what's to come in 2024 so we'll catch you next time on the pondo podcast see you later thanks all